Hey everyone, I just want to remind you to make sure you check out the awesome people over at Anchor.fm. Of course, it is a great place for you to host your own podcast. And guess what? One of the cool parts is that it's totally free. Yeah, that's right, free. There's even creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your computer or even your phone. And Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many others. Trust me, it's so easy. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. If you guys want to get in on it, make sure you download the free Anchor app or just simply go to anchor.fm to get started. What is going on, everybody? It's yours truly, Conor A.K. Okay, Fabe here on this week's edition of the Random Wrestling Podcast. We got a ton of stuff to talk about. Eric Bischoff terminated as the executive director of SmackDown Live. What the hell does this have to do with anything? Well, it has a lot to do with everything. Why was Bischoff fired? Why Bruce Pritchard's being put in charge? And all sorts of crazy rumors and innuendos as far as what exactly would get down. We'll give you the latest as far as what happened over on that side. Plus, also... We're going to talk about the draft update, including a lot of free agents that may or may not surprise you have still, as of this episode, have not been drafted yet. We'll give you the laydown on who has not been drafted yet to either Raw or SmackDown. Is Edge making an in-ring return after being gone for over nine years? A spear at SummerSlam says one thing. His Twitter account says another. We'll talk about all the latest rumors as far as Edge possible return to WWE. And speaking of in-ring return, or rather departure... Mike Kanellis asks for his WWE release. What are the chances that that will happen? Plus, a very interesting debate about Marco Stunt. And could we see a huge babyface turn for the women's side sooner rather than later? All this and maybe some other stuff in between on this week's edition of the Random Wrestling Podcast. And now, OK Faye presents the Random Wrestling Podcast. I have been waiting a long time to say these words, and I'm going to say them right here, right now, tonight. Your number one source for all pro wrestling talk with a comedy twist. Where in the hell did Randy Orton come from? He snapped the metal crunch in half. Hey, in the middle. Is. How you doing, man? Good to see you. All right, yeah, you wear your little thing. You're looking like a flying nun. All right, hey, do me a favor. Park the Rock's truck. What is going on, everybody? It's yours truly, Conrad K. Ho, K. Fabe. And welcome, guys, to episode 102 of the Random Wrestling Podcast, your source for latest news, rumors, gossip headlines in the world of professional wrestling. You guys know me. I'm Conrad K. Ho, K. Fabe. And it's glad to be back. It took a little time off. We have not had any uh, recordings or any sort of content published for about a week now, a little over a week. And I uh, needed to recharge my batteries, needed to recharge my mind, body, spirit, and soul. I guess like two out of two out of four ain't bad, so we'll, we'll we'll go with that. But I'm glad to be back here. As a lot of stuff going down this week in pro wrestling, and man, it was hard for me to keep my mouth shut. It was hard for me to interact with you guys, but I still love to do so, and that's why you can't keep a good man down, or at least you can't keep an okay fame down. So we're gonna talk about all the stuff that went down. In pro wrestling this week, or at least the major stuff, including, as we mentioned, Eric Bischoff being terminated as the SmackDown executive director in less than four months, or at least I believe that's the timetable. It's kind of crazy to think that it's only been a short amount of time, but we'll talk about exactly what went down with all of that in just a little bit. Also, an update on the draft. Who has not been drafted yet? A huge stipulation made for a crown jewel match. Bam. WWE is Benoit family sleepover out of 10, but oh, not geez. you, buddy. We all love y'all. Oh, thank you, Spaz Phoenix, for... Oh, man. 
You didn't do the rest of the donation. Dang. But anyway, thank you, Spouts Phoenix, for donating that $5 Canadian Super Chat donation. Much appreciated. But uh, we're going to talk about uh, the crown jewel match that was made between Seth Rollins and Bray Wyatt and why I literally laughed my butt off when I heard the uh, the stipulation and the very specific stipulation as far as that one goes. We're also going to talk about the uh, intriguing development that Edge might be returning to the ring and, and the interesting rumor of that. Mike Kanellis asking for his release. Apparently a debate about Marco Stunt. I'm not sure what that that has anything to do with anything, but we'll, we'll talk about all that stuff uh, in just a little bit. But of course, you guys the routine. You guys know the whole deal. I would love to hear what you guys have to say about everything. So make sure you let, you know, let your thoughts be heard in the comment section, in the chat, if you guys are joining us live right here on YouTube.com slash OKFaber, or of course, all over the social media. You can follow me on Twitter, Facebook, all that fun stuff. Links, as always, are in the description box below. And we are on incredible crazy amount of audio podcasting platforms we just got back onto spotify but man thanks to the fun people over at anchor we are now available on like i'm not even kidding you over 10 different podcasting platforms we're on itunes we're on stitcher radio google Podcasts, spotify iheart radio tune in uh radio public overcast and breaker i mean it's it's kind of crazy how many freaking podcast platforms we're on but we there's no excuse why you can't be able to listen to this and of course the okay fake show which is coming back of course tomorrow 7 a.m eastern standard time as we preview monday night raw in all its glory wink wink nudge nudge of course, you guys want to help uh, support the channel, help the content, help it grow even further, and help fund this awesome organization we got going on. And I do use the word organization very loosely. Of course, you can donate directly to the stream. Streamlabs and Super Chat links are both enabled. Uh, if you want to donate directly to the show, of course, you want a little more bang for your buck, we've got our store over at therepresentstore.com slash OKFabe. Link is in the description. And Patreon, I know, is a place for usually your bonus goodies. I will admit I have been sorely behind in that one, but we'll be looking to revamp Patreon and hopefully get things back in the swing of things starting around the beginning of November, including coming soon some NWA power reviews, which I know a lot of you guys have been asking for. So we'll be doing the NWA power reviews exclusively over on Patreon. So you guys want in on it for as little as a dollar a month. We only do one, two, and five dollar reward tiers. So very, very cheap and best bang for your buck. If you want to help support the show and get a little bonus goodies, check out the Patreon page. More stuff coming at you very soon. Twitter is the best way to keep in touch with everything. So make sure you me up on Twitter at OKFabe. And I think we got all the stuff out of the way and we got everything out of the way as far as the cheap promotional plugs. Let's take a look at what's going on in the chat and we got you guys filing in here. And again, thank you so much for your patience and uh, cooperation. Of course, we heard from Spaz Phoenix earlier on. Jackson Parker off the top rope. What's going on? Olay Samuel A. Jurgen. Scotty, what's going on? Scott Frame. Ryan McCormick getting ready for 2K20 tomorrow. I'll talk about 2K20 in a little bit. Uh, we also we got Mr. Sinister 2020. What's going on, Mr. Sinister? Always good to see you. Holy moly, you mentioned earlier. Uh, who else we got here? Ryan McCormick getting the game tomorrow. If I use a weapon inside the cell, will the ref stop the match? Most likely. Uh, I do believe that is a uh, a preconditioned uh, stipulation for the Hell in a Cell matches, Ryan. So I definitely do believe that. But thank you guys all so much for coming in here and uh, checking things out. Much appreciated. Oh, Vintage Dream. What's going on, Vintage? I didn't see it in there. Thank you so much for coming in. We got El Galo del Oro. I hope I'm saying that name right. I'm horrible with pronouncing names sometimes so thank you guys all for coming in and checking things out much appreciated uh again i really uh in general appreciate you guys you know patience and and coming back and everything like that i know it's been a uh 
a crazy week. You know, I, I'm not trying to make excuses for anything. You know, I uh, it's it's been insane for me with my schedule. Uh, the kids, as you guys have heard from the Hell in the Cell review last week, my my daughter is trying to transition her to sleeping into her own bed. She just turned three, and uh, she's not really digging it a whole lot. She's really putting up quite a fight. So it's it's not um, not going in the in the smoothest transition. I'll put it that way. But top of that, school exams. It's just been a lot going on these last eight days. So I had to kind of take a little bit of a of a of a, a break seat, you know, on, on everything. So I appreciate you guys uh, reaching out, giving me the love and support on social media. Uh, shout out to WrestleCast nine eight ninety five for giving me a little bit of love on their on their show recently. It's really cool to hear James Stewart and the Sarge. Always a big fan of their. Uh, big fan of their show, so always appreciate the love and uh, support from everybody. I know I'm kind of rambling on incoherently, but just want to say thank you guys so much. It's uh, been a crazy, it's been a crazy couple of days, but I'm glad to be back in the swing of things and talking wrestling with y'all, which is one of my favorite things to do on here and in real life, even if people don't want to hear me, which happens a little bit more frequently than you'd think. But in any case, let's talk about uh, let's talk about some wrestling stuff. And the first thing, and you know what's funny? I actually wasn't going to talk about this. But Ryan McCormick uh, brought this up in the chat, and I wanted to bring it up now because what better time than ever, right? What better time to to bring this up than than not is 2K20, and it's funny because I think you guys might have met, I, I might have mentioned this on previous shows. I could be mistaken, I could be wrong, but in case you're not, I, you know, I tried doing 2K content, WD2K content, multiple times here on the channel. Really wasn't doing a whole lot for me as far as like interaction, viewership, whatever have you, but I'm definitely skipping 2K20 this year. And it has nothing to do with what was being said about the game now. It was what I was thinking about the game when more information was coming out. I was kind of already on the fence. Plus it doesn't help when your Xbox is a pile of crap. Oh yeah. Big hello to all the cool people in the chat. We're Cheers. all in the house that okay Fabe built. Chat battle royal for a OKF title shot. <laughs> Thank you, Spaz Phoenix, for dropping that five dollar Canadian super chat donation. I do appreciate that. Maybe we'll, we'll have to figure something out with that. We will have to. Uh, we will have to figure something out with that. But thank you, Spaz, for dropping that five dollar Canadian super chat donation. So here's the thing, and I, and I, I you know, two K twenty. I want to say this, and again, I haven't played it. You know, I've seen a lot of the videos, I've seen a lot of the details. There's, there's a couple of reasons why I'm not going to be able to do 2K20 content this year. First and foremost, my Xbox is trash. It's, it's not working properly. It's just, it's kaputski. I don't have the money for it. I'm, I'm not able to, you know, to be able to record it. You know, because the Xbox is gone, can't repair the Xbox. I don't have the money to do that. So, uh, and generally speaking. I'm really not digging what 2K20 is putting out this year, and I'm not the only one. And it's really, it's really weird because when you when when 2K games come out, right? When the W2K games come out, there's usually about an 80-20 split. 80 people tend to generally think the game's okay or they love it, and then there's about 20% of haters. But I feel like lately, or at least this year, there is a ton of hate towards the 2K20 game. And let me just be fair right here, right off the bat. I was never planning on purchasing the game this year anyway, and the main reason was, at least for me, there wasn't much different versus 2K19. Yes, they had an updated roster. Yes, the fiends on there, and they had the original, uh, the original stuff like the the different uh, arenas and the different character options with like the Frankenstein or uh, Frankenstroman and stuff like that, which I think is kind of cool. I'm not gonna lie, but it, it wasn't enough for me to invest 
into this year. It just wasn't. I mean, granted, I love the fact that we were able to get the Fiend in in time, and considering how fast that you know, usually they can't get a character in that quickly. But there just wasn't enough in there in terms of just making me interested to purchase the game. So I'm gonna be skipping the 2K20 this game this year. But there was just a lot of like overwhelming hate towards the game. It's just like wow, wow. And listen, all I want is one simple request. It's a simple request I think you guys at home listening or you viewers or listeners, wherever, have been demanding for so long. It's not even that hard to do. You have, like, the skeletal structure to do it. But you aren't. I just want my goddamn GM mode, man. I just want my goddamn GM mode, man. It's not that hard. You have a universe mode already. Just add a couple steps. But anyway... Shout out to Vikes Fan and Tian Coupon are also joining us in the chat. What's going on, guys? But I just want to get that out of the way because it's just it's something that Ryan brought up and I wanted to bring it up real fast. But let's talk about the main meat of the story, the main story, the main topic of this show, which is, of course, the Eric Bischoff thing. And I cannot tell you how shocked I was that this came out. When it was announced that Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff were going to be taking over as the executive directors of both Raw and SmackDown, respectively, my mind was blown. And I, being the optimistic individual that I am, thought this was a great move because even if we weren't going to see the impact of this immediately, I knew that we were going to have a chance for change. I'm not saying it was going to happen, but a chance for change to happen. And at this point, that's all I can ask for, you know? A lot of people hate on the product, and I can't blame them in some instances. The Hell in a Cell rant, you guys saw my rant on that ending, and, and I, 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 for the life of me, have yet to meet someone or talk to someone on social media who has defended that ending, who has defended that ending. Raw and SmackDown have been average across the board. It just wasn't, there hasn't been anything monumental. It's been a huge couple of weeks in wrestling. Between AEW being on TNT, NXT moving to USA, Impact's now apparently going to Axis, obviously, in a few, in a few weeks if they're not already on there. Raw's coming back with a you know new look, fresh face. The draft's coming in. SmackDown to Fox. A lot of crap's going down in a very short amount of time. And as wrestling fans, we should be rejoicing in general. I'm not saying about every little thing. But for me, when I heard about Heyman and Bischoff coming in, I thought, okay, this is going to be interesting. Because now you have an opportunity... To maybe not recreate. I'm not looking to recreate the Monday Night Wars. I'm not even. I'm not even looking at this point to have a recreation of the brand wars that we saw from like 2002 to 2006. Like no. But I was looking for two men who obviously know what they're doing or talking about. Or at least I thought they did. Who could? change the direction of Raw and SmackDown differently, have two very different idea sets as far as the way these things should go, and have more or less total control of the show. We were, we were told that Heyman and Bischoff would only answer to Vince. That's it. No one else. 
So uh, this idea was exciting because it's like, man, they're 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 cre they, they're creating these brand new positions. These positions did not exist before Heyman and Bischoff showed up. Vince created these in place for them to take. They he wanted to bring them into these roles or bring them into the company for these roles. They were basically exclusively for these roles. Now, obviously, we're not going to talk about Heyman. Heyman's been running Raw, and, well, Heyman's been running Raw. <laughs> SmackDown, on the other hand, lost Eric Bischoff. It was announced that Bruce Pritchard would be taking over as the executive director of SmackDown, relieving Eric Bischoff of his duties as executive director. Now, when I first heard this, and I first read the official statement from WWE, I thought that it was a simply a case of switching people around where Bischoff was going to go do something else. Maybe he had a different role involved. I mean, we've heard that one of the main reasons or one of the main aspects to Bischoff's job was that he was going to be a helpful liaison with Fox Network because Bischoff has had experience, obviously, with dealing with networks and the television executives. We kind of assumed that was the general idea, but apparently it was not. Numerous different sites were reporting so many different things about why Bischoff was replaced by Bruce Pritchard, and they were kind of quiet about it until the facts came out that, yeah, it's not Bischoff being relocated. He's done. After being on the job for less than four months, Eric Bischoff is gone from WWE. As quickly as he came in, he exited just as fast. I... I, I'm surprised. I've never seen turnaround this quick. I mean, you know, we we we, we know that WWE tends tends to, to to do things on a dime. Obviously, we hear about scripts being rewritten, but to have someone fired in such a short amount of time is kind of crazy. But I've heard a bajillion different rumors, and I'll leave it up to you guys to interpret what's real or what's not. I know that eventually we're gonna hear the truth. Because Eric Bischoff does the 83 Weeks podcast with Conrad Thompson, he'd be a fool not to address this. And I'm sure it's going to be addressed this week, and I'm sure that 95% of the things that I'm going to say are probably wrong. And I'm not here to report anything. I'm not here to say, like, breaking news, Eric Bischoff was fired for XYZ. I'm not going to say that. I have all the rumors that have been said about why and what I think might happen, but these are just opinion pieces. These aren't, it isn't, it's not legitimate news. It's just rumors. That's why if you listen to the intro of this podcast, it's news, rumors, gossip, headlines. It's a mix of everything into one. So with that being said, there are two main stories, at least that I've been reading, going around as far as why Bischoff was let go. The first was that he was a scapegoat, that apparently Vince McMahon wanted to showcase to the Fox Network executives that he would be willing to do anything, anything, to make the show successful. Bringing in Eric Bischoff on paper, like I said, it sounded great. Everyone, I think generally speaking, everyone was kind of at least intrigued as far as what he was going to do, you know? But that Vince uses Bischoff's firing as a scapegoat so that 
it made a good standing relationship with the Fox networks because, and this is obviously another big issue, is that the ratings are starting to go down. Now, I don't usually talk too much about the ratings on here, and it's something I probably should probably should talk about a little bit more often, especially nowadays. But Bischoff, or excuse me, SmackDown went from a really strong showing at the very first SmackDown on Fox, which is obvious, losing almost a million viewers the next week. A million viewers. Granted, you know you're going to get a big whopping strong number to start, but retaining that number is another one, and they have gone downhill twice. The ratings are continuing to drop. And while it's not in a situation where I think neither WWE nor Fox are panicking about the numbers, if it continues, that's going to be a whole other question. That's going to be a whole other story. But the, one of the stories is that Vince used Bischoff as a scapegoat to show Fox, hey, we're willing to do anything to make this work. I just fired that guy I just hired. Like, you know that guy if, that I just, I just hired like a moment ago? Like, yeah, he's gone because he obviously couldn't get the job done. Pal. The other is I've heard that Bischoff was not really invested in his role, that he didn't take the time to learn anything about the, about the, the brand or like get re-educated about who's who or characters or storylines or anything like that and just kind of waltzed in and, and really didn't do anything to contribute in fact supposedly he made things worse where it got to a point where people were getting frustrated because of him that one i don't really believe as much you know it, it, bischoff whether you love him or hate him he is not a dumb guy if you listen to the 83 weeks podcast which i i know i'm plugging that one profusely But his business acumen and logic behind some of the reasons and some of the things of why he did things in WCW made sense from a business perspective. I'm not saying that everything in WCW is a creative genius, obviously, because they're not around anymore. But generally speaking, I like listening to his podcast versus the Bruce Pritchard one because Bischoff has a different viewpoint. Thing. It's, it's the same thing with like you know all the different shows that Conrad does, right? You listen to Tony Schiavone because he was an announcer. You listen to Bruce Pritchard because he was the right-hand man of Vince for so many years. Eric Bischoff was in charge of WCW, so he oversaw a lot of things. And JR had a mix in both. He was an announcer, and he was also part of the creative at some point, and also a member of the talent relations. So there's different viewpoints here. Bischoff's not dumb. And Bischoff has said this before that he said, depending on who hires me, like, I, you know, I will do anything for who is my employee. I will. And he said that before. He's, that's why he was so wrapped up in the Ted Turner thing with WCW was because Ted Turner was a competitive person. He wanted to go after WWF and he put everything into it. I don't feel like Eric Bischoff is the type of person who would have asked something. I just don't believe that. Now, again, this is just my opinion. Bischoff, I'm sure, will address or not address this on the on the show this week. But I just don't believe that Bischoff would half-ass something like this. 
I don't. He knew he was coming into this position. He knew it was in for. And I think that if we were told what the position entailed, the, we the public, and we were informed specifically that he would oversee everything of SmackDown and report only to Vince, I, I doubt that Bischoff would not take that role seriously. And I don't think Bischoff would either be in over his head either. I think he would be a smart enough man to know, hey, listen, I can't do this thing. I'm not, no. I, I just think it's just a scapegoat thing it just sucks too because again whether you love or hate the guy the fact that he and i don't know if you guys knew this he didn't sell his house in in, in wyoming or colorado wherever it is but on top of that he also moved to stanford he has an apartment in stanford connecticut he moved didn't didn't uh didn't fly he drove he bought all new crap like holy crap man anyway bruce pritchard being in charge of smackdown has a lot of people curious and a lot of people concerned at the same time again these kind of things are not instant you can't expect instant results in wrestling it it, it blows my mind that there are people out there who think okay this is going to happen immediate impact no no anything especially with wwe or aew or with any of the major wrestling or even impact i know impact may not be considered a major wrestling organization anymore but just bear with me by the way huge shout out to them for their bound for glory show that went on tonight i didn't catch the whole thing but the parts i did catch pretty damn good show if i do say so myself the when you do something like this, it's not going to be, it's not going to be an instant fix. You, when people are saying, oh, Bischoff and Heyman are going to revolutionize, then week one, they're trashing it. Like, ah, uh, can you give them a few months? They need to creatively change the direction of a major television show. It's going to take a little time. But again, that's just speculation at this point. I want to hear from you what you guys think happened. Do you agree with the decision? Do you disagree with the decision? Do you think Bruce is the right fit? If not, who would be a good fit for the SmackDown role? Love to hear what you guys have to say about that as we go back to the chat real quick. And also want to remind you guys about the Represent Store, representstore.com slash OKFabe. You get all sorts of cool merchandise, including the OKFabe Luchador outfit. Of course, you got yourself the uh, the OKFabe. I'm an OKFabe guy. I'm an OKFabe girl. We got the hoodie of the OKFabe show also available up there. And we got some other cool designs coming in just in time for the holiday season. So make sure you guys check those out at the Represent Store. That's represent.com slash store slash OKFabe. Link is always in the description. Just make sure you guys get check that out. But let's give some love to the chat real quick. Uh, of course, we got Benson Nick. What's going on, Benson? And Daniel Price also joining us in the chat. What's going on, guys? Gabriel is ready to play, uh, to play his channel. Rip SmackDown and Fox. Not a year. Ah, well, they got a longer, longer time than that. Doesn't matter who's in charge. It's a matter of you know owning up to that deal, my friend. Let's see what we got here. Uh, a lot of you guys are saying, uh, Ole, I'm sure Eric signed a non-disclosure contract. I'm not sure. I'm not sure, Ole Samuel. I'm not sure. To Vince, it's all about the money. It's a business. Who cares if it hurts the core of the program? That's pretty much right then and there. Uh, Bischoff was the one who negotiated with the suits of Fox during the final. Uh, sorry, 
Danny Price, Bischoff was the one who negotiating with the suits at Fox during the deal finalizing. They needed a big name to put the uh, firing line to make it seem like they cared about their products bad. Richard knows the business, but he kisses Vince's ass way too much. It's kind of generally what I've heard from a lot of people, Daniel Price. And, I mean, putting Eric on the chopping block, whether or not it's a good thing or a bad thing, I'm assuming they're going to have to pay him out for his salary because he was only there for such a short amount of time. So hopefully he at least gets, you know, compensated in some way, shape, or form. Maybe at least to get out of that apartment, you know. So, uh... I went for WWE is to stop with the goofy comedy and the lame temptation crossover crap. Yeah, dude, I I right there with you. I, I just no <laughs> new. No. Connor WWE is three hours raw, two hours NXT, two hours SmackDown, one hour backstage Fox Sports, eight hours every week. Not including pay per views. It's a lot, man, and it's a lot. And I uh, I'm not gonna be able to sleep anytime soon. So cheers to that, my friends. Cheers to that. Samuel Olay actually brings up a really uh, interesting point. He says, you want a good excuse, blame Crown Jewel. That really transitions me into Crown Jewel itself. Now, I was actually going to talk a lot in depth about Crown Jewel as far as the decision-making, Team Hogan and, and Team Flair's uh, main picks or the picks that were going to be announced, the rumored names that were being announced. But it kind of died down pretty quickly. Um, but one interesting thing came up, and I, 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 I can't help but laugh at this and i'm sure you guys know what i'm talking about it's the rematch that's taking place for the universal championship between seth rollins and the fiend bray wyatt at crown jewel i'm not even going to get into the fact that it's that they're on separate brands anymore i'll get to that in just a minute but the stipulation is falls count anywhere and underneath almost in parentheses the match cannot be stopped for any reason you can't tell me that this is not hilarious. I went back and I watched the very end of the Hell in a Cell video. Or, uh, excuse me, the very end of the Hell in a Cell match between Seth Rollins and Bray Wyatt. And the thing that stood out to me, besides how much of a f stupid finish it was, was the crowd. When you hear like negative crowd reactions, right? They, sometimes they're spotty. You can hear hear a little bit of you know a little cheers here and there. This was unanimous. This wasn't a simple. I'm gonna listen over here. I'm gonna you know, this. Uh, there's a little pockets of of different react. It's it was between the AEW chance, the bullshit chance, the restart the match. It was almost unanimous. Like every man, woman, and child that was available in the building was chanting this. We're chanting these things. And so to cover their ass, they're doing this match again, but the stipulation that it has to be, it has to be an end. I don't know why on God's green earth they're giving this match again unless Bray Wyatt's winning it. And a crown jewel of all places. Now, I know crown jewel is freaking non-canon almost in WWE, but, like, I, I just... I, I don't know what they're thinking with this. If, if, if Bray Wyatt, even with the stipulation, with false count anywhere, because they, they did that with Cena. They did Cena versus Bray Wyatt, false count anywhere when Cena and Bray were feuding after WrestleMania, and they did that where, like, Cena put like freaking huge production crates on top of Cena and or excuse me uh Cena put a, a bunch of 
production crates on top of Bray where like he physically couldn't move. And you're probably going to do that again. But after the booking that the way they did with Bray Wyatt kicking out at one and, and just not it, ridiculous. I just laughed my ass off. I'm probably not going to watch Crown Jewel, truth be told, but just wow. Just wow. I had to get that off of my chest because just wow. <laughs> Unreal. But anywho, let's talk about the draft. Actually, speaking of the draft, so I, I we were talking, obviously, when I took my, my hiatus, we had SmackDown had their draft night and then Raw had their draft night. And I was keeping my eye, I obviously was keeping my eye on what was going on. And really, there weren't too many shocks and surprises. There really wasn't anything that just blew me away as far as who went to which show. Seth stayed on Raw. Lesnar went to SmackDown. New Day went to SmackDown. There really wasn't a whole lot of shock the second night. There, there wasn't anything just wowing about the whole thing, you know? But interestingly enough... There are still, as of this recording, as of this episode, wrestlers who have not been drafted. Now, by all means, those of you in the chat, if there is updates to this that I missed, please feel free to correct me. The last ones that I saw that were drafted was Authors of Pain to Raw. That was the last one that I saw. There might have been updates since then. But to think that it were over a week since the draft began, and we're still not sure where people are yet, a little concerning. Now, obviously, part-timers like The Undertaker and John Cena and even Goldberg, who showed up recently at SummerSlam, they weren't mentioned whatsoever, so it's it's understandable. They're more of a special attraction and kind of bounce between the both of them. The Usos and Naomi were not drafted, but then again, it's not really clear because we don't know what's going to happen to them, with, with, and there's been reports that creative doesn't even know what to do with them. The Colognes are still with WWE, but no home for them either. Now, Cain Velasquez obviously wasn't chosen in the draft, but no, duh, he's going to be working with Rey Mysterio. Even though Rey Mysterio is on Raw, it's it, it, I'm sure stuff's going to change. The Ascension is still not on there. Lars Sullivan, I know he's on the injury list a lot, with, along with um, you know Mike and Maria Kanellis. Uh, Lars Sullivan's on the injury list, along with Matt Hardy, uh, Jeff Hardy, who's out with the knee injury, Mickey James, Ruby Riot, Nia Jax are all out with injuries. They were included in the draft, but nothing yet. And we also still haven't seen a return table for Sheamus, uh, who's been gone for quite some time, but uh, even though he's been reported to be returning very, very close. Now, Mike and Maria Kanellis, which we'll talk about in just a second, they were also remained in undrafted, but then again, that could also have to be with the part that they requested their release online, or at least they made a public statement about it. So for those... Bam. Sasha drafted to catering janitorial staff. <laughs> Thank you, Spaz Phoenix, for that $2 Canadian Super Chat donation. Much appreciated. So, uh, maybe, well, maybe that's the case. Maybe that's why. So, thank you so much for that, Spaz. So, with that's the latest draft picks that I saw. I could be wrong on that one. Um, just looking of here, <laughs> Andre Corbiel, what's going on, Andre? I always love your stuff. Authors of Pain, LOL. I think all the t uh, teleprompter interviews, reading word for word, that's what they're told to read. Possibly. It's possibly. I miss Paul Ellering with the Authors of Pain. Uh, indeed. Indeed. And Andre also says, uh, thank God for NWA. Yes. Thank, yes. I am very looking forward to more of this. So, appreciate that. Uh, let's see what we got here. Sorry, just just finished the three-hour Bound for Glory live stream. Who man, yeah, I did catch. I didn't get a chance to catch the entirety of 
I didn't get a chance to catch the entirety of Bound for Glory, but what I did catch was fantastic. Telling you, Impact Wrestling, I know a lot of people like to make jokes about it, but hey, they put on a hell of a show tonight, so major props to them. But it's just weird, going back to this draft talk real quick, it's just weird that they really, how do I say that, I don't want to say they didn't think this thing through. I just think that put a little more thought into it. It's pretty much the best way I can say it, guys. It's just the best way I can say it. But in any case, we'll transition that into the Mike and Maria Canellis uh, talk real fast. I did want to actually pull up the exact uh, article or the exact post they put because it's one that I definitely want to make sure I, I got correct. And let me just see here if I can pull it up. Here we go. Maria Canellis. There we go. Here we are. So this was officially posted by Mike Bennett on his uh, Twitter account as of October 14th, which was this past Monday, I believe. Yes, this past Monday, so about a week ago. Quote, today I, was, I asked for my release from WWE. I want to thank everyone in the company who has helped me out and, and who I have shared a locker room with. I love you all. I've been with the company for almost three years, and I am incredibly grateful for the opportunity. However, it is time for me to move on. I am only 34 years old, and I feel I have way, much, way too much left in the tank. Working one day a week is just not going to cut it for me. I came to WWE to work and get and that, and that opportunity does not exist right now. I re-signed with the company back in June because I thought it was a, what was best for my family, and maybe from a financial standpoint it was, but I quickly realized that bringing my work frustrations and misery home with me is not good for my family, and I no longer want my daughter to constantly see me home defeated, sad, and angry. It's not fair to her and my wife. Being a pro wrestler was and is my lifelong dream, and I'm just not ready to give that up yet. I wasted four years of my life addicted to drugs and not caring when I should have been having the best matches of my life. Now that I am clean, sober, and motivated, I want to have those 30-minute matches. I want to travel the world and wrestle in front of UK crowds, German crowds, Japanese crowds. I want to feel the love and excitement wrestling once gave me. I also want my daughter to be able to see me wrestle. I want her to see her daddy work for his money. I've never been okay with just collecting a paycheck, and I can't in good conscience tell my daughter she has to work her ass off to get ahead in life and then not do it myself. I don't know what the future holds, but for the first time in a long time, I'm hopeful and excited. Thank you to everyone who has ever supported me and had my back. I love you. We love you too, Mike. It's a damn shame that's what's going on here, but now... It is interesting because obviously a lot of people are speculating about what's going to happen and thinking that Mike will get his release. And in all good honesty, I, I, I and I mean this in the most respectful way, I hope he does. You know, I, I hope he does end up getting his release because he is a very talented individual. He's up here from the New England area, so I've seen his stuff. He knows what he's doing. He's a very good talent. But, you know, he's right. There is so much talent right now in WWE, and it's hard to get, you know, your airtime. It's hard to get your matches in. It's hard to get anything in when there's just so much going on. Um, but it does stink that he just re-signed literally four months, uh, yeah, four months ago. Now, I don't know if he will get released. You know, we, we've seen that recently released WWE superstars have made a killing elsewhere, specifically looking at Ty Dillinger, who is now Sean Spears, and Dean Ambrose, who is now John Moxley, who have been major stars over in AEW. And with that looming now, it's questionable about whether or not he's gonna a get, actually get released. Now, it's one thing to ask for the release, but it's another to be granted it. And 
I hope he gets what he would, you know, I just want Mike to see him happy. I saw his recent ride along on the network and he's a great family man. Um, I just wish that he gets what's best for him and what he's looking forward to do. And I completely understand where he's coming from. But at the end of the day, you know, he needs to do what's best for him. So I am hoping he's granted his release. But considering what we've seen from the likes of like Luke Harper with him being, you know, held back and not even mentioned on TV for months because he requested his release, it's it's concerning. And, you know, WWE has been known to hold a grudge in the past. So it's 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 tricky. And considering that now there is quote unquote competition, depending on who you ask about with AEW, the chances, I think, for him actually getting his release, at least right now, might be a little on the slim side. So we will see what happens, but let's hope that Mike Bennett uh, does well and uh, can hopefully, and I mean this in a great way, get his release that he's asking for. So cheers to you, sir. Speaking real fast about releasing and asking for release, this is something that I've been actually um, meaning to bring up before and something that I would love a chance to talk with him on the air and, and do an interview with him would be killer cross and i know that killer cross is a extremely talented individual and he is still signed to a contract with impact wrestling but he's not been used since slammiversary and they just had bound for glory as far as i know no mention whatsoever and unfortunately the situation's been very quiet and i don't want to get into too much speculation as far as what's going on but the fact that a man of his caliber and his talent is being, quote-unquote, held up in Impact Wrestling is a damn shame. I'd love a chance to talk with Killer Cross if he gave me the time of day and uh, talk about what's going on with, with his situation and get a chance to you know, promote and showcase him. So just another crappy situation, but I want to give some love and shout-out to Killer Cross because he's a very good talent and really hope... Uh, get a chance to maybe talk with him down the road. So who knows? Maybe I'll hit him up on Twitter. Or if you guys tweet him enough, maybe he'll want to come on. <laughs> we'll see. But uh, a couple other tidbits here um, as we wrap up. We're actually wrapping up this edition of the Random Wrestling Podcast with not so much new. Well, it's been a lot. It's been a crazy It's been a crazy couple of days. So I figured easing into this episode would be better. But don't forget, guys, we'll be back at 7 a.m. to talk about Raw, previewing Raw, going into why Seth Rollins burned down the Firefly Funhouse, which I'll talk about on the show tomorrow. And uh, Ric Flair picking the rest of his teammates for Crown Jewel in the relatively extremely somewhat slightly intriguing flair versus hogan match taking place at crown jewel so marco stunt what is going on with this I, t I go away for a week and just all sorts of craziness happens what is going on now <laughs> the interesting debate about this is the fact that people are complaining about or at least from what I understand, and maybe I'm getting this completely wrong. For those of you who didn't watch AEW Dynamite this week, Marco Stunt replaced Luchasaurus with Jungle Boy as part of the tag team championship tournament match between them and Lucha Brothers, Ray Phoenix and, and Pentagon. And for some reason, he got so much hate. Thoughts on NXT signing show at C Blackheart? I, for one, feel like folks should be excited. I certainly am, Spaz. Thank you for dropping another $5 Canadian Super Chat donation. I am indeed excited for Shotzi Blackheart. Thank you so much for that. I have seen some of her stuff. I saw when she got signed from uh, by William Regal at Evolve. It was a very heart-touching uh, moment. 
I think that she might be a big star that they're going to need to help boost her up that women's division, especially if Shayna Baszler is on her way out. So very happy to see that. Very happy for her. And very happy to see what her future holds. I hope they put her on TV quick. That's all I'm saying. But back to this Marco stunt thing. It, it's it. People are complaining that he's too small for the wrestling business. Like, what? What? I don't understand where this overwhelming negativity came from because of his size. Yes, he's smaller than Jungle Boy. I understand that. I understand he's a smaller individual. I was entertained as all hell by him. I didn't, I didn't check. I didn't watch everything from AEW because, again, I was on my break. But I did catch this because, obviously, everyone and their mother was talking about this. And I... I, I I fail to comprehend the hate. I'm not saying that hate is is a good thing, but if at least I can understand it, I can somewhat understand it, and then people just take it out of control. I just don't understand the hate with this one because he's smaller than everybody else in the ring. Is it a matter of believability? Listen, if it's a matter of a believability, you have a guy named Orange Cassidy who literally wrestles most of the time with his hands in his pants. I think the gimmick is, is funny as hell, but... Come on. You're going to really go get short jokes here? I saw a lot of people making comparisons to him and Rey Mysterio. And I can say that I can see where they're mentioning the similarities because he's such a smaller individual. that, And then he puts on a killer performance. I just want to make sure right now... I say this for the record. He put on some killer, ma uh, killer spots in that match. I don't know if he botched... Ole uh, Samuel A just said the same thing. I, I don't know. I don't know why there's so much hate for him. And shout out to Metal Skull 101 also joining us in the chat. Uh, Daniel Price saying people lose their minds because Stunt did obscenely crazy things against Lucha Brothers because of his size. The kid did good. Lucha Brothers went over. I don't see what the problem is. I'm right there with you, man. I don't get it. If it's a matter... It, listen, it's pro wrestling. Okay. We have seen so many people come and gone in pro wrestling. We have seen people who have looked like they were going to be a megastar and flop. People who never thought that they would get over, and they did. We've seen people who should be over get buried, and people who should get buried be pushed. I'm just saying, anything can happen. I think he did an amazing job, an amazing job with two very talented performers in Ray Phoenix and, and Pentagon, and I just don't understand. It just blows my mind. Jericho came to his defense uh, on social media, I believe, uh, laughing at people, complaining that Marco Stunt is too small and a disgrace to pro wrestling. Funny thing is, I thought the same thing about Rey Mysterio the first time I met him in 93. I saw Ultimate Dragon get reamed out by his boss when he first brought Rey to Japan in 95. Malenko got laughed out of the WCW locker room when he stood up for Rey before their first match in August. Both men were congratulated afterwards and people saw Rey work. Times have changed and Marco is small, but most of the workers in the roster are smaller in 2019 than the 90s. Final line, over is over, and Marco did a good job of getting over on Wednesday. Whether he ends up a world champion like Rey did remains to be seen. I'd rather watch him than 6'8 Musclehead who can't move. I wasn't once told I was too small and to be uh, to be a wrestler too, and I did okay. You know, Jericho's right. I, I just 
I don't understand. Now, I, I get it that and even Daniel Price is saying, I've seen absurd comments like Phoenix and Pentagon are ruined and can't be never taken. They got over. If they're heels, which I believe they are, I could be wrong. If they're heels, they're doing their job right. Yeah. Ah, wrestling is an interesting sport, isn't it, folks? Sports, entertainment, what, whatever it is. It's just interesting. I'll put it that way. I'll leave it at that. Last little tidbit, and I think we're, well, maybe we might open up the phone lines. Let me see if I can get in here and possibly get the phone lines in here. I can't guarantee that they're definitely going to be, but let's see if we can. Uh, let's see here. The last little tidbit is there was some rumblings about Edge possibly returning, and we're also going to talk about the babyface turn that some of you may or may not be surprised at. The first is Edge. There were some rumblings that Edge was actually medically cleared to be coming back to WWE. In fact, there was rumors at one point that Edge may be the new team captain of Team Hogan once the Seth Rollins Universal Championship match was announced. But as we saw in SmackDown, Roman Reigns, the big dog, ooh, ah, we know is now taking over. He'll be the team captain for Team Hogan, and aren't we all excited for, for that? Edge quickly went to Twitter and quickly defended saying, no, I'm not, and no, I'm not, referring to the idea that he is not medically cleared, uh, nor is he coming back to pro wrestling. In fact, there's even a rumor that maybe he may not be going back to WWE. Maybe he might be going back, or maybe going to a different company. Maybe he might be going to AEW, but as of right now, it ain't happening. It ain't not happening. He tweeted that out on October the 4th saying it ain't going to be happening. Now, granted, uh, wrestlers have swerved us in the past. I mean, he looked good on that spear to Elias at SummerSlam. But I, I think that especially with something like that, you know, we, we a lot of us saw, uh, saw the same thing when it came to, you know, when it came to uh, with Stone Cold, when he did the stunner on Raw, when he, did, when, the, when he came back for right before the Clash of Champions match between Strowman and Rollins. 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 I don't know why the hell I just called him Rollins. Point is, is that we all think and we all want to hope, but let, let's be real here. I would not want to see Edge back, at least not back in WWE. You put him on over on AEW, I could be intrigued. I could be very, very intrigued because there is a fresh roster of untapped potential. Over in WWE right now, their focus is split in 30 bajillion different ways. Hell, I'm pretty sure I just heard they, they just fired a guy. So, just saying job security is not the greatest, <laughs> you know? But anyway, so the last little tidbit here before we wrap this up on this week's edition of the Random Wrestling Podcast is the fact that, oh, yes, actually, Metal Skull also mentioned that John Morrison also returned. Uh, there's a rumor that there's a returning of John Morrison to WWE. Now, there's a rumor that he signed, although he also denied that as well. He is not currently signed, as far as we know, to any major promotion or any sort of... Uh, wrestling company at this time he did wrap up his run with impact but as of right now nothing yet he kind of hinted he wasn't going to wb he might go to mlw he's had some run there i wouldn't mind him seeing him wb we did talk about this a little bit briefly before wouldn't mind seeing him back it just hasn't happened yet so stay tuned we'll see we'll keep you posted the other little tidbit we wrap up here on this week's edition of the random wrestling podcast is the one about the babyface turn now there is a supposed major babyface turn happening over on the women's side over on smackdown and it could be one of two women Meltzer kind of speculated this on the wrestling observer by stating 
And if you look at the roster right now of the women over on SmackDown, there ain't a whole lot of baby faces, unless you count Naomi, who I just mentioned previously, but there really isn't a whole lot of baby faces, which means there's a chance that we could see a major baby face turn for one of two recently acquired heels for the blue brand. The first being Lacey Evans, which we did see evidence of her possibly turning into a baby face when we saw her team up with Natalya on Raw, but I just don't think that the Southern Belle is not a good fit to be. I, don't, I do not see her being a babyface right now. No way. Maybe down the road, but that Southern Belle gimmick is not is not babyface. No. Mm-mm. The other one, which I kind of laughed a little bit here when it came to this because I thought they would try to save this for WrestleMania, Sasha Banks. Now, obviously, with the draft switcheroo, Becky Lynch and Charlotte are now both over on the Raw brand with Becky and Bailey being, or excuse me, uh, with Bailey and Sasha now being both on the SmackDown side. And considering the um, intriguing success of the Bailey heel character, I'm, I'm digging it so far, but we'll see how things play out. It has to be Sasha, in my opinion, if they're if they're going to do it. I mean, granted, Nikki Cross is the next major challenger for Bailey's championship, and they might sprinkle in a couple of other contenders. If it was me, I would try to prolong Banks and Bailey as long as possible, even going as far as to going to WrestleMania. That's what I would do because that's your money match. That's the money match that you want to see. But we shall see. I I, I don't. I. I hope, I hope that they play it out a little bit more and they don't instantly turn Banks' baby face right off the bat. That's at least my hope on that one. It certainly makes sense why they would need to. You know, you really look at the SmackDown women's roster, there really aren't a whole lot of baby faces, unless Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss are both considered baby faces. In that case, unless you bring Naomi over, that's pretty much the gist of it, right? I mean, Asuka and Kyrie Sane are kind of heels now, which they're both on Raw, which really makes me wonder what the hell's going to happen with the women's tag team titles, if those are going to bounce between both brands. It's just, it's a very confusing time to be a WWE fan, that's for damn sure. But but anyway, folks, that's just my opinion on everything. I want to hear what you guys have to say about all this. What do you guys think of all this crazy news, the Mike Kanellis release, Sasha Banks possibly turning heel? Crown Jewel, the, the, the craziness of the Eric Bischoff situation. Love to hear your thoughts on all this. Make sure you guys hit me up in the comments. Hit me up on social media, that Twitter at OKFabe, Facebook, Instagram, all that fun stuff. Make sure you check it out. Represent.com slash door slash OKFabe. The Patreon with some bonus goodies coming at you very, very soon. Make sure you check it out. I'll be posting very, uh, hopefully very frequently very, very soon. Make sure you guys also check out the OK Fabe Show. Come back at you tomorrow, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, previewing Raws. We're back on that Monday through Saturday grind. And make sure you check us out on all those podcasting platforms. Anchor.fm slash OK Fabe has a list of all of them for you available. Thank you guys again for tuning in. I appreciate the continued love and support. If you haven't subbed already, hit that subscribe button right here on YouTube. And we'll see you guys tomorrow for the OK Fabe Show. Thank you guys again for tuning in. I appreciate the continued love and support. Take care. And as always, Take it easy.